Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. We are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. Todd, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Stan. Good, 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 good. It's a uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. I think uh, this this coming up week, it's it's got some new energy into this team, to the Falcons team. I think um, I don't know. I'm feeling good about this Sunday. If you're, you know, like we guess we do this every time, but if you're if you're in the uh, the business of getting into the win column uh, yet again, I'm feeling 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 myself right now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I would feel good about our chances this weekend. Um, I would prefer a loss because I'm, I just want that draft pick, man. I want that draft pick. Right. Now, winning doesn't do us anything at this point unless we win like 11 in a row and go to the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't well, do us any good. Well, even then, you know, how deep is this team going to go into the playoffs? So, um, yeah, for the overall betterment of the team, of the the overall – you know, state of the franchise. I would prefer to get a high draft pick, and whatever that happens, you know, I've, that's my preference. But the Falcons are playing the uh, Detroit Lions at home. Detroit Lions. Um, Detroit Lions at home, and they're actually the favorite. That was surprising to me. I think they're two and a half point favorites in this game. So. Vegas is uh, smelling another victory for the Falcons. Um, so I got a couple keys to the game that um, I guess matchups to watch for and um, just things that could, you know, favor the Falcons. And if they do these things, then they might walk out of there with a W. Well, first thing to remember for the, for the Detroit Lions is they are eerily similar to the Falcons. They put up a lot of points, they give away a lot of points, and they give away games. They cannot hold leads. Neither one of these teams uh, have a good track record of holding a lead. Um, and I'll never forget, it was a while back, though, I think they were in London. The Falcons were in London playing the, uh, um, playing the Detroit Lions, and they were up like 22 points at halftime. 20 it was like 22 nothing and the the Detroit Lions came back in the third quarter or the fourth quarter ended up scoring like 23 unanswered points and the Falcons lose that game um so both of these teams have a history of of giving away leads but here's some keys you got to keep one of the dogs in check you got Matthew Stafford at quarterback he's having a pretty good year i think he's got nine touchdowns and four interceptions he will cough the ball up um but the other dog that they just started using is DeAndre Swift. They've got a stable of running backs. They got three that carry on Johnson, uh, DeAndre Swift and AP eight all day. Adrian Peterson, obviously he's a shell of himself. He's played with his 15th team and he's, you know, he's not your obviously number one back, but I think they finally discovered that, Hey, this guy named DeAndre Swift can actually run the ball. So they gave him the rock last week, and they he ran against the Jaguars, ran for a hundred over a hundred yards and two TDs. So um, that's those are a couple of my keys. I got a couple more, but um, you have any 
any big keys to watch out for in this game as well? Yeah, you certainly have to watch out for DeAndre Swift in this game. Now, it, his average per play is bigger. Right now, Adrian Peterson is still their leading rusher, but he's only averaging around four yards per carry. So far, DeAndre Swift's up to 6.1 yards per carry. And as long as a 54-yard run, whereas Adrian Peterson only has a 27-yard run. So, um, definitely think Detroit's moving in the right direction with that. Yeah. And they, they run the ball well. And then also, too, another uh, favorite uh, a favorite target for Matthew Stafford has been the tight end. Um, Hoker, Hokerman, I can't remember. Sorry. I, I can't yeah. T.J. Hokinson. Hokinson, thank you, Todd, yeah. coming in from the top rope for that. But yes, yeah, so, but here's another position that has given the Falcons fits historically. I mean, for, I mean, we're talking years that the tight end has. I'll never forget the game against the Saints that Benjamin Watson ran rup shot over the Falcons, and he was, you know, 49 years old in the league and had, you know, and has two replaced knees, and he looked like doggone Gronkowski out there. So uh, the tight end could possibly be uh, an area of weakness for the Falcons. But if the Falcons play good, solid run defense, it turns them into one dimensional and maybe, you know, maybe you can get a, maybe get three picks again, or at least one. So, um, well, TJ Hokinson, he's very good in the red zone. He's got three touchdown receptions this year too. So we're going to look out for that. For sure, and uh, they uh, they interesting enough. In- interestingly enough, the Falcons looked impressive last week, and so did the Lions. And so the Lions are only two, uh, two and four. They're they're two and three right now, so they're a game under five hundred. But like you said earlier, they lost to the Packers, they've lost to the Bears, and they've lost to the Saints, which, like you said earlier, is a pretty good list of you know, respectable opponents. So, um, I don't know. This is right. like on paper, like in your head, like the Lions have been bad for a long time, but like in the 2020 season, this could be a, a really good matchup. This could be a good game. It could. And uh, the Detroit's, uh, you know, they have a good win too. They have a good win against the Cardinals. They, you know, started feeling good last week against the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, everybody's beat up team also, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, team- they- we're tons of talent, but they just haven't been able to sustain anything there. Yeah, they're, that's the get-back game. Um, and also, too, uh, maybe some drama in paradise, some trouble in paradise on their sideline that people are already calling for Matt Patricia's head. He's already in the hot seat. He's not been there very long. But rumors are if they lose again and get embarrassed, you know, he could be in a red hot seat. So that's just another, like – a wrinkle of the game, I guess. It could be. Um, yeah, I do find it interesting, though, as far as stat-wise. Now, Detroit's decent against the pass. I would look out for this, too. They're decent defending the pass. So, Matt Ryan, they're right around 15th in the league. But they're 29th against the run. We need the running game to actually show some life this week because that's something Detroit is not good at defending. And we have not as of yet, exhibited that we're capable of running the ball either. Right. They've had a couple spurts of like, hey, that was pretty good for the Falcons. But it's never been like, man, that was a complete running attack game. And so right. um, also, too, just like another little side note, a little nugget, that we were this close from 
playing our old buddy Desmond Trufant. He's on the injury reserve. They thought he was going to come back this week, but uh, he was out for the Jaguars game, and he they thought he was going to return for this game, but he's not. So, it's my favorite player of all time. You're right. No, uh, no yeah. Desmond True, no True. So I mean, you might you might have been able to burn him on a um you know a, a crossing route or a, a fade. So, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, and another kind of like dimension that I we haven't talked about on the air that just going to the Falcons in the state of their franchises, are they going to give up on this season or are they just going to, are they going to give up and say, you know what, there's nothing to play for like we've talked about before, or are they going to play hard? And another like thing I thought about today was like, of course they're going to play hard. It's because not only is it their job, I mean, A, but in they make it okay money, but B, is they're putting tape on 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 film, or I guess tape on film. Wow, they're putting um, tape out there to where other teams. Because whenever a new regime comes in, say you hire the general manager and he puts all the pl- people in place, nobody is safe. I mean, I could think of one person that would be safe, and my uh, maybe maybe even two, but even one. Um, Okay, let's let's play this exercise on the spot. Sure. If you all right, so say we you pick uh, who was your choice? Uh, your choice general manager was. Uh, uh, My was choice it? of general manager was Lewis Reddick. Reddick, that's right. Okay, so yes. so you call in Lewis Reddick, and he calls in BNME, or he calls in your guy from Joe Brady, and mm-hmm. so and now you're Arthur Blanky. You walk in, and you say, "Hey, you can do whatever you want to." But these, you get two players, one on defense, one on offense. They're untouchable. Who are they? Um, you know, I don't really think there's anybody that's untouchable right now. I, I just – I can't think of anybody that would be absolutely untouchable because usually your quarterback would be your player who would be untouchable. But he's a good trade candidate because you can get stuff for him. Now, you don't want to trade Matt Ryan, though if you're not guaranteed one of those top two quarterbacks in the draft, I don't think you want to take a chance on anybody else outside of that. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's anyway, keep going. Um, so who, who would be your offensive guy? Who would be your, who you, you get, I mean, are you not going to select anybody? You're just going to go with whatever. Uh, I think, okay. So I think my offensive guy would be Calvin Ridley. I see who I would because okay. he's still cheap. You're not paying him. He's not an exorbitant hit against the, the salary cap. Julio's a huge hit against the salary cap and starting to age. Matt Ryan's expendable. Um, just about anybody on the offensive line's expendable. You're probably going to lose Alex Mack at the end of this year anyway. Right. Um, the running backs are not particularly impressive. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't keep anybody on out of the backs. You so are. talk early for another year for a good deal. Um. Yeah, I mean that's really I I can't think of anybody else that I would keep. I would keep Calvin Ridley. Okay, so Calvin Ridley is my answer too. Um, he he would be my answer because, like you said earlier, you know, Julio and and Matt Ryan could be trade pieces, and Alex Mack liable to retire or you cut him, and then I mean it's pretty thin after that. Um, good role players though. But, okay, so defensively, this is going to be a harder question. Who would you – Is it? I mean, 
Well, yeah, if you're going to – because there's – I mean, there's only one name out there, right? Who's who's your guy? The only guy I would keep on defense would be Deion Jones. That's it. Nah, that's not my answer. Grady. Oh, yeah, well, that's true, too. I, yeah, I kind of forgot about uh, Grady Jarrett. So, yeah, you're right. I would keep – okay, never mind. I would keep him, but I would keep Deion Jones also. Yeah, so um, – there's not many names though. I would, I would, I would go. Uh, and also too, that AJ Terrell has had a is having a better year than, well, better year than uh, Oliver. Um, but he's having an okay year, man. If you're looking at it, it's like he's, he's he's having an okay year, but he's a reach. He was a reach. He's had. I mean, he's he's so he's the first. This is good for Thomas Dimitrov. He's a he's a first round pick and he came in and contributed right away. He didn't take three or four years to say. Tat McKinley, they ran a stat today on the Twitterverse. He's played five snaps in the last four games, or maybe or reverse. No, yeah, that's right. He's played five snaps in the last four games. I mean, he, if he's a bust, I mean, that's an, yet another first round pick that's a bust for Thomas Dimitrov. All right, so AJ Terrell, though, where would you have gone on the draft? Would you have really have drafted a corner in the draft? Like, what would you have done, Stan? What did we need? Uh, well, we, uh, you know, I'm I'm a trenches kind of guy. I mean, I know we got safety corner death, and we definitely needed a safe a corner uh, to to fill the spot of Desmond Trufant, and now the the spot of basically Isaiah Oliver, uh, second round pick out of Colorado, by the way. Um, a can't miss guy, Dan Quinn guy, long, tall, Richard Sherman 2.0. Um, I would have gone, I mean, defensive line for sure. I think the name that haunts you whenever I hear it out in, I think the Niners took Kinlaw in front of the Falcons, like right in front of. Um, and so I probably would have gone the guy from Missouri, Ipaneza, or the defensive end. But there again, I have no clue, literally no clue of how he, I haven't heard from him um, since. So you would have to, I would love to go back and look and see who was available at the time. And because um, you you ha- get in love with the names of Epineza and Chase On and all these names, and then not even, I mean, we're six weeks into the season. And you hadn't heard of any one of them. And I'm not really in tune to Washington football team's plays either, but has is Chase Young has done anything this year? I don't I don't even I think he got hurt. Yeah, I really don't know because I haven't been paying that much attention to the Washington football team, but uh Yeah, me neither. give it a look here and see what I can find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see the thing with Thomas Dimitrov and Peter King having a conversation? Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, Todd, you're in for a treat. Just sit back and I'll paint the picture for you. Thomas Dimitrov goes on with Peter King, and they're talking about because they're friends, and they're 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 talking about um, Thomas Dimitrov's run in Atlanta, and Thomas Dimitrov had the gall to say that he was surprised that he got fired on national Whoa. television, live on. T- it's like. What he said he now in his defense, they asked him basically, you know, what was your thoughts whenever you got fired? 
this that it got recorded like nine days after he was fired and um he i think he found out on twitter first that he got fired and uh which is not a good look if you ask me but then they um and then they um they they asked him they got what was your thought process it's like well i was surprised in the timing is what he said but the whole entire world heard he was surprised that he got fired which was that's a that's a lot of drama but he said in his actual i watched the video he was surprised in the timing so um it's not a good look to say stuff like that but uh that's just another like layer of arrogance that thomas dimitrov had well he shouldn't have been surprised at his firing because we sure weren't no yeah we were like it, it was well overdue we were texting back and forth right after the game so but you everybody was so mad and uh in our little text group and then i got it i had to run to the grocery store after the game or something i jumped in the truck and so uh was heading to the store and then i started hearing reports from the radio station saying that somebody had that he was they were finalizing him getting fired so uh that was fun um thomas dimitrov being surprised on his firing just like thomas that's all pretty on brand for him um, what's another little snippet for Sunday? Oh, here's another good one. L- little nugget. Uh, new uniforms, bro. It'll be the first time we see the faded, uh, whatever. I don't even know what you call them. They call them the rise up, uh, the rise up alternate uniforms, but it's the fade to black. It's the black to red. And so that'll be the first time we see them live and in action, um, uh, coming up Sunday. So what are your thoughts on just, you know, first, what do you think of the helmets and the, the uniforms? I think you're an old school kind of guy, but uh... I am an old school kind of guy. But you know, actually, they've grown on me a little bit. I really like the way that the um, the falcon on the helmet seems to really pop. Like mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Um, it looks well defined, almost kind of 3D ish. Yeah, I like I like the uh, the chrome face mask. I think that's a sharp and the, like the powder coat, not the glossy yeah. finish that kind of went with everybody. But now everybody's kind of going to powder coat or whatever the matte finish. I think a little sharp, man. I like the black. Like it feels like '90s black uniform, but the white. I mean, it's okay. I, I really like the black uniforms, and I think these uh, uh, the the, the faded uh, the gradient um, uniforms are gonna look sharp too. So, um, uh, what's another? Oh, I have a little question for you here, Todd. What, which free agent pickup has had the better year? Todd Gurley, Hayden Hurst, or Dante Fowler? Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler. Yeah. That, that's, uh, Todd Gurley, look, Todd Gurley has not that, done much thus hang far. On. Wait a minute. Stop what? right there. You're telling me that Dante Fowler has had more of an impact on this year than Todd Gurley? I'm surprised coming out of your mouth. I'm just saying. Continue with Dude, the point. Look, our running game, here's the deal. The Falcons running because I wanted to get to this Chase Young thing too because I, oh. I found the information that you were looking for. Okay, good deal. But but Todd Gurley has not had any kind of impact on the running game at all. I mean, yeah, he's done okay at times. You know, he might get like a little seven or eight yard burst, but he's not living. Okay, I think there's an expectation okay. deal here too because every we signed Todd Gurley. The thought on Todd Gurley is that he's going to come in here and he's just going to really add to this running game and he's going to dominate. Now, I don't think it's all his fault, 
because I think the way their offense is set up, I think really it's not made for a running game anyway. I, I really right. think that your running game is going to be mediocre no matter who you have back there, which is why I'm saying bring Todd Gurley back for another year at a reduced price if you can and have him come back next year. But he hasn't really had a big impact. Our running game is terrible. It, it's terrible. And, and that's one reason why Detroit could be a tougher matchup for us because they're terrible at stopping the run, but we are terrible at causing anything to happen in the running game. So I, I just I, – I don't think that Todd Gurley has done enough to – like, for me, that was the player I was most excited about. And just because he didn't live up to even average expectations, I got him pegged down. Oh, wow. I'm a – I'm really surprised that you went with Dante Fowler there. I it went totally – I went do- Todd Gurley, um, mainly because he's had more statistical – I didn't have high expectations from him. I know that he is a shell of himself. Um, those arthroscopic knees or arthritic knees or whatever that he's got going on, they're really probably barking every Sunday. But, um, yeah, I – I think he's had more of an impact than Hayden Hurst has been on the back of a milk carton, dude. And it's not yeah. his – I mean, it's not his fault. He can't throw it to himself either. But I think Ty Gurley's had a better – more of an impact. And me and Chris talked about this earlier on the season – or early on in the offseason about this on the podcast of which – who's going to have a better impact is Ty Gurley or Hayden Hurst. And I picked Hayden Hurst, but I've been proved wrong uh, here lately. Well, look, there's not much to, to like on the defensive end anyway. But Dante Fowler, at least he's been able to get the quarterback zone. He's got um, five solo tackles. He's been able to get a sack. We don't have a lot of sacks on the entire roster. I mean, you know, you're you're shooting at, I don't right. know. Pretty thin. It, it's just, yeah, pretty, it's, it's thin, thin here anyway. But I can't go I can't go with Todd Gurley in this case just because Todd, you know, he's a, he at least should be doing – average and he's a little bit below average and there's no other running back on the roster to even compensate for and, and dirt cutters part of the uh, the bigger problem dude don't and he just me, is don't give me a but, okay but, all right um, so let's get to your chase young thought what you, what you got for chase young all right so right now he's listed as active and he's got 13 tackles on the year <laughs> Wait, and two and a half sacks okay so stop pause right there so he's had 13 tackles and two and a half sacks. We just yeah, read a stat line for Dante Fowler with what? You said nine, seven tackles and one sack? Yeah. Yeah. And he's been playing all year. Continue. I don't know how many games Chase Young's played in, though. Um, I mean, still double of what Dante Fowler's done, even if he has played all year. So. Yeah, but dude, uh, I mean, look, you, you gave me three players – well, you didn't give me a lot to pick from there, okay? <laughs> I didn't say – did I say Dante Fowler's an all-star in the make no, Pro Bowl, no. or did I say that? I, did, no. I never said that. No, you never, never did. never said that. Okay, here's I, another I, question. I, just, I got another question. But all, all three are disappointing. If you want to know the truth, all three of them are disappointing. But you made me pick one. There you are, Todd. I found you. Yes. Okay. So now <laughs> – okay, so has the – so the, the Falcons scored 40 points last week. Against um, a defense uh, that is disappointing right now. Right. Has Now, what's the difference between that, the Vikings defense, and, say, 
the games you score 16 points, and I can't even remember who the opponent was now. Was it Cowboys? It was, was played, okay, so Carolina, we didn't score Carolina. a lot of points against them. Um, Carolina's just been surprising in a lot of ways. I mean, they've been really good with uh, ball possession. They've had players step up that nobody would have expected to step up. Their, their offense does enough to get by, but their defense has been real surprising this year. I mean, they're, they're top ten defense. So, my question is, has the play calling – do you think the play calling has changed a little bit offensively while well, Ricky Morse, or is it more uh, – go ahead. But has it changed at all, do you think? No, I don't think the play call on offense has changed. The defense, I mean, I just think you just played a bad team. I don't think you can make too much of playing the Minnesota Vikings right now. I mean, they were they were awful on offense. The only thing they're good at offensive-wise was running the ball. Their top running back was injured the other day, and they're not good passing. They're bottom three in the NFL in passing. And they so proved, I, 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 they proved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Against the Falcons' defense, which is, you know, also bottom – of pass defense, but they were able to win that matchup. But um, yeah, the deal with Carolina, too, we didn't have Julio Jones in, in that game either. And, and so it made a difference to have Julio Jones the other day on offense. Even we were if all scoring. Go ahead. We just had a, a couple of bad scoring games there. We had that bad scoring game against Carolina. And then we had a bad scoring game the game before that, too, when we were playing Green Bay. So I, I just think not having Julio made the biggest difference. I, uh, I'm part. I'm kind of surprised that Julio's playing. Um, for the simple fact, the fact that there's nothing to play for, other than I guess you would trying to. I don't know. He just wants to play, but um, even if he's out there at like you know sixty percent or whatever they run him out to, and I think percentages are weird to talk about with people humans. But even if he's hurt a little bit, he's still going to demand so much respect, and Calvin Ridley is going to eat. And he got kind of weird too. He had some drops and some and some weird play that he's kind of got back on track. So um, this weekend going against the, um, the Detroit Lions, I'm hoping uh, that they can score, you know, continue to score points. And they should be able to. This is my my thought. I'm guessing that the reason the Falcons are playing Julio at this point is probably for two reasons. Number one, Julio probably wants to go out there and play. And the Falcons are also looking for a trade partner. And if Julio looks like he is hurt, then it's going to be hard to find a suitor. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally I totally agree with that. And um, I haven't done any research into that. But uh, this ought to be fun, a fun offseason to find uh, some dance partners. And, heck, it might be sooner than sooner than that. But, um, um yeah. The Falcons just have to be careful. I mean, you know, if you win too many games and a quarter <laughs> – I'm just saying, like, I already feel like Trevor Lawrence is out of reach because we've discussed how the Jets have a probably – they've got a decent chance of doing the 0-16 thing. Yeah. All right, so first – so Trevor Lawrence might already be out of reach. So now you have Justin Fields. When I looked at the uh, draft pecking order today, I think the Falcons were either fourth or fifth yeah. in the draft pecking order. Um, and we were projected to take – I think a defensive lineman from some – I can't remember where. But, uh, I, you know, if I would take Justin Fields if he was on the board. But I don't know if he's going to be there. You can't lose another game and, like, uh, you know, hope for the best. Although the Falcons' schedule, I mean, they have Carolina on Thursday night football this week. And then they have uh, 
Denver right after that. Then the schedule's going to start toughening back up big time again. Yeah, so, so and you then really start, don't have this window. I think you have the. I think after the Broncos game is the bye, and I think you go to the Saint. You go at the Saints out the bye. Um, and it, so how much um, North Dakota State f- football have you been watching lately? I don't watch a lot of North Dakota State uh, football, but I believe that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback came from there as well. The, so, you know, he's been hurt a lot, but he, he came from there. So but they're good about churning out players. Okay, I, I will say that they're a uh, they're a, a program that's at a different level, but they have actually produced a lot of NFL players over the last couple of years. It's one of the few that I can think of that might actually worth investing. Because look, dude, there's something else in North Dakota. I mean, what if those guys are going to play football? <laughs> So, so follow me here. There's a, a highly touted quarterback. Out quarterback, of, I know. I'm aware. His name? Trey, Trey Lance is his name. Yes. So, are you willing to say uh, you're in fourth pick, somebody, you know, maybe the Redskins are terrible or so, somebody unexpectedly drops their quarterback, say like the Giants. They think they have the answer, but then they – jump back into the quarterback sweepstakes and they take Justin Fields. Are you okay with getting this guy, Trey Lance? Or would no, you I, w- I would, I would go defense. defense. Okay. If Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are both off the board, I would go defense. I would keep Matt Ryan and go defense. Even if you're in, even if you're six and 10 and now you have like the eighth pick or whatever you are. I mean, there's no, yeah, because there's no guarantee with any of these quarterbacks really, but at least I feel like in my mind, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I've seen those guys play enough. I'm talking about if I was a GM, too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those sure. guys play enough where I would feel comfortable. But I I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I haven't seen the quarterback from North Dakota play. I haven't seen Trey Lance play. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I mean, I got him. I, I think it's risky. I think it's risky. Um, and it's just not – I just don't feel like there's any kind of guarantee there. And I don't know other quarterbacks are really on the board either. I just – I feel like – if you have that top five pick, you need to go quarterback. But if you are any lower than that, you need to go defense. Get the best defensive player you can. And not a corner either, but a defensive lineman or a linebacker or something like that. Yeah, tackle or an end. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And and get you, yeah, get you a high-dollar end that you can lean on and be an actual weapon instead of like, yeah, he wears the uniform. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> let's – um before we wrap this up, Let's get a score prediction, Todd. It's week – oh, my goodness. It's week six. Going up against the Lions at home. They're two and three. Falcons are one and five. Is that right? One and five? Yeah. Uh, so, what's your uh, what's your your bold prediction here? Okay, well – um, just based on the way the stats fall, I'm, I'm very concerned about Detroit's defense being 15th against the pass, which I think is decent, and then not being very good against the run. I almost feel like we won't be able to take advantage of the matchups in this game. So I'm going to go with Detroit 24-17 to 17 over the Atlanta Falcons. Really? Really. That's- Detroit has more to play for than the Falcons do. You need to keep that in mind. Falcons don't have a lot to play for. Detroit's still kind of even with that one extra win. They're in the thick of this. And Detroit's actually beat good teams, too. The Falcons have not beaten good teams. All right. So, I've got the exact score wrote down on my screen. 
except for – But you had the Falcons winning. <laughs> but I had the Falcons winning. So we're going to go with it. We're going 24-17 Falcons. You're going uh, 24-17 Lions. Lions, yep. Okay, we'll see who uh, see who comes out on top on these. We need to really keep uh, start keeping track. We'll, I'll go back through and log these so we can – you keep a running score, see who wins at the end. You can buy me dinner because I'm going to beat you. Um, uh, Todd, you got anything else for the people tonight? I don't think so. I'm just going to keep uh, rooting for Falcons loss, Jets win. I can't – Jets dude, I, I care. Uh, my wife comes in and starts uh, – she's like, why are you watching this game? It was like the uh, Eagles and the Giants. She walks in and is like, why are you watching this game? I was like, we need the Giants to win. <laughs> I mean, my perception of the Falcons right now is that we just need to suffer a little bit to be much better later. I think it's got to happen. We're going to be like a phoenix to... rising from the ashes, rise right. up out of the ashes. That should be right. the theme for the, from now on, rising up out of the ashes. All right, Todd. Uh, good episode tonight. And uh, – if uh, Falcons fans, if you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, keep your head up, guys, Falcons fans. Ride up, rise up, nation. We're going to rise up out of the ashes. And until next time, fellas, rise up.